All right, you're listening to Loud Americans Discussing Soccer. Today, Martin is not on the show, but today we have a special guest, Jerry Mancini. Am I pronouncing that correctly? Yes, you are. All right, Jerry. Well, I thank you so much for coming on the show, uh, taking some time to hang out with some degenerates like us. Um, what exactly is your soccer resume? You are a huge Serie A fan and you do a bit of writing, correct? Yes, that's correct. I uh, currently work with the Laziale. Um, that's the first, uh, basically, uh, site that I started working for. When I saw them on Twitter, I saw them asking for writers, and I basically uh, asked if I can join, and they, they added me on. And then from joining Laziale with Stephen Moore, I, I basically expanded myself, and I met Richard and Frank on City Sit Sitdown, which are also a part of a World Football Index. And uh, I write with World Football Index, and then I met a guy named Wesley who brought me on to Vavil, who showed me, uh, actually he didn't bring me on, but he showed me a link and uh, on Twitter. And um, basically I went, I just basically grew from there, and I, and I took that experience, and I took something I, which I thought I would never do, and basically made it into something more than I expected. And now I'm starting a podcast with Sabrina Balmonte, Play by Play, and so that hopefully that... Uh, We'll we'll have fun with that and basically just see where it goes. But uh, just just myself having fun and uh, just just taking it day by day and enjoying culture and just learning more and more because I I am still getting back just getting back into the thick of, th- thick of things. But uh, it's only been like two or three years I I've gone back into culture since my uh, trip to Europe has changed me and plus the coverage finally grew bigger here and I, I I'm able to find sources now. To, to actually watch it on TV as maybe five, six years ago was very hard to watch because they took it off TLN, which was one of the main channels nationally. And uh, our main like TSN and Sportsnet here don't really show anything but MLS and EPL. Mm, okay, just to let the listeners know, you are currently in Canada, correct? Absolutely. I'm from Toronto. Nice. All right. I was up near there, kind of. How far is that from Niagara Falls? Not, not that far, right? Like a couple yeah. hours? Hour and a half, an hour. Oh, okay. Yeah. I could have been rolling in the six with you. That would have been pretty tight. Um, <laughs> what? Um, so what you're saying is, are you? So you don't get like NBC Soccer, NBC Sports. Those are all American channels. So now they're finally getting the coverage better up there. Absolutely. So like we have Dazzin now, which is the zone actually, and um, that's twenty dollars a month. But it's like the best thing that has been has come from from me personally comes with uh, Champions League, Europa League, it has um, EPL this season, and it has City A, but it doesn't have the French or the Spanish League, but there is football TV I also have, which provides me coverage for, like, South American League, has the uh, has the La Liga, has Ligue 1, so that's something that, that's good here, that finally there's, I know it, it sucks for people who have to spend on top of their their cable bill but uh, it's something that i think for 20 dollars a month if you're a big calcio fan or or just football in general it, it's great and it has other things like nfl as well it has all the boxing matches for for the zone so it's something that is worth if you're going to use it but uh yeah finally there's something i i can use to watch football mm. so 
my next question is, uh, what is your, it sounds like you watch like all the leagues where I'm just mostly premier league. I do catch like the big matches such as uh, the El Clasico's or, um, the Milan Derby or the De Classico. Like I'll hop around the leagues and definitely I watch all the champions league. Is there a certain league that you favor the most or what's uh, what are, and also what are your teams that you support? So last year before I started getting into writing, I just basically took the whole season just to actually understand all the leagues. So I was watching La Liga, Ligue 1, uh, Serie A, EPL, and uh, I would basically watch at least 20 games on a weekend. I would watch like three, four games from Ligue 1, three, four games from Serie A. Uh, I would watch a few games from EPL, and then I would watch a few games from La Liga. And I will always make sure that I watch PSG, Barcelona, Lazio, and Chelsea. I would never miss any of those four games because those. Were, I, I felt that I liked cheering for a team in every league. It, it makes it feel better. I can watch just a regular game without having to cheer for a team, but with that excitement of having a team to cheer for, it just makes it that much better. So those are the four main teams I would cheer for. But it, it just just me understanding the game more and how each league actually plays. And I, I found last year that the Liga was really exciting. And whereas I, I thought that City A was more tactical, more formation-wise, it's more defensive, more strategic. And then EPL is very run and gun. And, and if you're not fit to play, you are not going to succeed in EPL, which I thought why Higuain didn't succeed as well in the EPL when I watched him with Chelsea. Whereas with Juventus this year, he's just an example. He, he's doing much better because he suits that type of league, that speed, and he can keep up. So it's things like that that you, you, you start to adapt and you start to learn and understand and you see. I <clears throat> Excuse me. I, you know... Gave a lot of grief to Fat Man, as we call him on the show, Higuain. And, you know, it's good. I'm happy for him. I'm happy that he's succeeding now. Good for him. Um, so you say you're a Lazio and Chelsea fan. That would be correct? Correct, yes. Okay. Um, so we don't do a lot of Serie A coverage on this show. We do our best. Um, actually, one of the main reasons we got in connected was because of our good friend Rui who's a part of the red card report make sure to subscribe to them um Rui is a great guy so I'm glad I'm just been networking and making these connections and friends Jerry I already consider you a friend um and I would be uh, amiss if I didn't mention uh Rui so thanks again to Rui he's the man um I do want to ask you, what is going on with Serie A? As I mentioned before, we don't do as much coverage. Um, Inter Milan has just gotten knocked out. We're going to talk a little bit about that and the sacking of Ancelotti. And now Gattuso's back in there to kind of whip the boys back into shape. Um, so what exactly is going on with the Serie A race? Well, before that, I, I, I love Rui, but I feel bad for him. The fact that he's chosen AC Milan as his favorite team. Uh, I sometimes Rough. wonder. No, no, I'm kidding, Rui. I'm kidding with you, buddy. You're okay. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, with, uh, with with City A, it's, uh, it's, you know what? It, this is probably the best season in a long time. You got Inter Milan with 38 points. You got Juve with 36 points. Lazio's with 33 points. Cagliari with 29 and Roma with 29. So the, the, the gap from first to fifth is nine points. And finally, we, we, we have a race this season that is not decided two months with the season still left to go. 
normally it's a, it's a one one team race where Juventus normally beats uh, beats all the teams already by 20 30 points and you're like oh another season of Juventus winning so quick but this season Inter did a really good job this season adding players such as uh, Lukaku and Godin in the back and Barella and Sensi while while Lazio was able to keep their core of uh, Molinkovic Savage, Luis Alberto, and they, they added uh, Correa last season, which was which has helped in uh, Cherby, and they were able to keep Immobile, so they they've looked very exciting this season, as, as their match against Juventus has shown last Saturday, one of the best matches this season, and uh, it, it didn't feel, it didn't upset uh, fans when they were watching. And then you got Cagliari, who's having a Cinderella season, I, I believe. They're, they're doing very well with Nanglin coming over from Inter on loan. And Nandes has come over. And then you have Simeone. And that, that, that team looks very exciting. A very, very strong offense that has, uh, has shown a, a lot of grit and uh, hasn't given up. So, and you got Roma. Roma was pegged as, uh, as a club that had question marks on the back end with Mancini coming in and you have Vertu in the midfield and, and you had uh, Chris Smalling. Chris Smalling came in and um, you you weren't sure that how Chris Smalling was because he was pegged as a, as a player in Man United who failed, who didn't succeed expectations. And now you got this player who, who who's probably maybe the best center back in the league this year and has done a very good job. On, with Roma, so a lot of a lot of good uh, teams this season that has made it very exciting and made City uh, much better. And and when you hear League on always PSG one PSG one, you can compare the same with with City A for so many seasons. Oh well, Juventus already won. Juventus already won. And and basically. I, I laugh when people say that Ligon sucks. Ligon sucks. Got the worst talent. And, and when you watch it, it, it's nowhere comparable to City A. But at the end of the day, there's one thing that you can compare between the two leagues is that they always have one team that is so dominant and has won the league for so many years. And now, finally, City A is not being looked as that as that league. Whereas EPL this year looks like it may be that Liverpool is already going to walk away with it. And while Leicester is just uh, eight, nine points behind them, if they lose to them, I believe, a week before Boxing Day, they could just be pegged as that, as that league this year where, oh, EPL is too easy. So it, it's nice that City A is having uh, a very strong season with all the clubs up top. And uh, it, it, it gives it much better. And even Atlanta. Atlanta is 28 points as well, right behind Roma. So very good to see at least six teams within the – thick of the race but we know that the, the, the four five six teams tend to drop off but it's good to see that at least two three teams are in the race yeah uh my questions are going to be um for starters uh can inter really pull this off uh they recently got knocked out of the champions league which a lot of people i think espn had some headline that this could be a blessing in disguise do you really think Antonio conte uh can really pull off this miracle it almost seems because as you were saying juventus has essentially had this locked up for the past what is it eight seasons in a row um 
I'm very I'd be very happy because like you were saying, the stigma for all the other leagues, such as even Bayern Munich, Barcelona, um, as you said, PSG and Juventus, essentially by halfway of the season, it was already over with. So it's very refreshing. And now the Premier League could always hold on to that. Like, oh, at least our title race is close for so long and we have like more competition. But it's kind of the roles have reversed. So back to my original question, um, can Inter pull this off, you think? Absolutely. But I'm just curious to see how Conte manages his bench because he he's no longer in the Champions League. But he's still going to be in the Europa League. And I, if I'm Conte, I wouldn't put my best players in Europa League when, when he does have matches on Thursday. I would use his, the players that he elects not to use as much in the Serie A, give them experience, which will help his bench and his squad for the Scudetto. And in the long term, it will, it will allow Barella not to be overused, Sensi not to be overused, because they are battling through injuries as his whole midfield is battling through injuries. And so I would I would suggest that Inter should do what they can to prevent further injuries in the second half of the season and having from dealing with a weak midfield. They, they, they lent out Nangolin to... Uh, to Cagliari, which hasn't helped, he would have may been a, a benefit. He would have been beneficial for the club, especially with the injuries that they're dealing with right now. So it all depends how Conte manages his bench. Like, so, like I was saying before, if he starts using Sensi Barella and like Lukaku Martinez it, it, over more than he should, even with Europa League, I think it might hurt him in the long run. And with Juventus now locked up in, in the next round of the Champions League, their their focus is going to be 100% on um, on the uh, Champions League. But you never count out Juventus, even for the Scudetto, even though they're in the next round, because this is a team that knows what it takes to win. So they're going to be with they're going to be within striking distance until the end. They've only lost as well, only one match. So. You never you never count out the winners until they've lost. So that that's just the way I see it. Juve is still adjusting under Sari. So it, it, it makes it to see how long it will take until you start seeing Sari ball. Sari ball doesn't normally come until after the first season. But he, he he's doing a good job in, in Juventus. A, the players and the fans just got to be patient. Mm -hmm. Do you feel as though um, this new role for Ronaldo is not being taken over well by the fans? Do you think that might be it, and, all, uh, and also by Ronaldo? Uh, it's possible. It, under Saribol, it's it's more possession and attacking, but he likes to work from the backfield and up. So it, it could be that Ronaldo may be in a new role. He's not used to it. Like there were there were reports that he was battling through an injury that that may have been affecting his game that he's aging, maybe he's not as young as he used to be. I think he's he's just in a miss of of bad form and he's he's hit a, a rock bottom right now and he just needs to get out of it. And until he, he starts finding that good form that, that made him successful in, in recent seasons, this is something that may be new to him and, and he's just battling through and adjusting through. Mm. Uh, the next team I want to talk about uh, who isn't in the Serie A title race is Napoli, who recently just sacked Carlo Ancelotti, the eyebrow himself. Um, 
do you think that was harsh? I mean, he was sacked immediately after qualifying for the Champions League, scoring uh, four goals against Genk. Um, what's going on over in Napoli? I think this is a bad, bad decision. This is an owner who's not taking accountability and is just putting the, the, the blame on the coach. The coach is always the scapegoat. doesn't matter what sport it is. When, when things are going bad, even if it's from management above, it doesn't matter what sport, hockey, basketball, uh, baseball, or whatever it may be. When, when you're losing or the results are not coming or, or the, the, the change room is not together and the team is not cohesive, it's, it's always going to land on the coach. And it all, it all leads back to when De Laurentiis wanted to take his team and go to the training ground while it was international break and he, he wanted them away from everything for two weeks and a week or two and the, the fan that the players went and then they left the day after so a lot of the players left the day after and that that since that it's just been a downhill for the club and the, the players didn't take it well they were not happy with the decision of the owner and, and the coach he didn't rebel against it but nor did he did he like the decision? He just went and said yes, but I don't think this is what he wanted for his club. And the timing is just poor, and it, it didn't help either. It's a time that where I understand these players make a lot of money, but when you're when you're going to a training ground for two weeks and you're not going to see your family, you're, and they have kids, they 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 work day and night. They play in the Europa League, Champions League. It may be international games. It may be the season. They still have priorities and they have obligations just like other people do. And, it, and it's unfortunate that the results haven't been there for Napoli. But um, you you don't you don't take these players away from their family when they, when it's a two week break, and it's a chance for them just to, to see their kids and their and their wives and their spouses or whoever it may be. Just just a peace of mind. I, and I think the best thing that would have been for this club is that everybody just separates for two weeks, clear their mind, just just regroup, do do what makes you happy, and then they come back. And it may have been just what they needed, not uh, not training during um, during a time that that is important to them. And and for Ancelotti, it, this was something that it seemed as he couldn't battle. And you can tell by the results that they just they're just not winning and. You see them in seventh place, in seventh place now, and they're really far back of the standings, and it's going to be tough for them to to to, to make a push for for Champions League. They're they're eight points they're eight points back. It's never say never because teams other teams above always find bad form, but uh, they go through injuries or whatever it may be. But this is a this is a situation where Napoli had not seen themselves in in a long time, and with when Saudi was uh, was manager, they were they were seeing results, and Ancelotti continued to play Saudi ball last year. They, he allowed it, and this year he he finally adjusted to his formation, which may his his style of coaching that may have an effect on the team that maybe they weren't happy with that at the beginning or whatever it may be. But overall, I, I blame the owner, and this is a this is a tough task for Catuzzo. I I think that. I, I don't know what to think of it, but he, I give that Catuzzo 
has the experience of being with Milan, a big club just as well, maybe even bigger. And uh, the heritage and the background and the history. And he's played with Milan and he's coached Milan now. And that's that's something that, that Napoli fans should look at. That's very important that he knows what it what it means to, to be coaching in big pressures and what it means for the players to be playing in those situations as well. So I think that he can. He, he's a good short-term fix for this club. I don't know if he's long-term, but I feel like he can bring some energy into this club, a different environment, maybe a good vibe that Napoli has been missing for a while that maybe Ancelotti and De Laurentiis just have, don't, they don't see eye to eye. It may have affected trickling down into the dressing room. Dressing room. So who will see, but I, I, the season's still long. You still got over 18 games still to go. So crazy things do happen, right? Yeah, I don't know. I feel if anyone can light a fire under some players' asses, it would be Caduso, because that is a <laughs> scary, scary, scary man. So um, the next topic I wanted to talk about is the Champions League. So we had Champions League matches this week, um, and now we have our round of 16, um, which include PSG, Bayern Munich, Man City, Juventus, Liverpool, Barcelona, Red Bull, Leipzig, Valencia, Real Madrid, Tottenham, Atalanta, Atletico, Napoli, Dortmund, Lyon, and Chelsea. Whew. I was trying to time myself to see how fast I could do that. Um, and looking at the these teams, we got a lot of the usual suspects in here. Um, who do you have your money on? A little before the pod, you kind of told me, but is there three teams that you think uh, have the, what are your three teams that have the best shot of winning this? So I feel my first team is Liverpool. Liverpool, it just seems that they're very deep on the back end, very strong on the front end. I haven't watched a lot of Liverpool this season, but I, I caught glimpses of like, I watched them against Chelsea and they, they're, they're very strong on the ball, very very well organized. The way they bring it up, they're, they're very tactical. And um, Klopp, Klopp, Klopp has done a good job with this team. And he he may just have them winning a the EPL and Champions League this, this season the way he has them going. Another team that I'm very impressed with is PSG. And they've, they've dominated their group. I, I believe that they've done some really good acquisitions this summer. Where they uh, they acquired Icardi from Inter, which he has done a really good job up front, and something that that maybe a lot of fans and a lot of people in general didn't see coming with PSG, with his attitude and how he how, how the situation went in Inter, maybe they thought that he was going to be a virus as well, a cancer for 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 PSG, and he hasn't been that type of player, and he's just came in, has done his job, and continues to score. And they came first in a group that had Club Bruges, Real Madrid, and Galatasaray. Galatasaray, sorry. And I would have thought that Real Madrid would have would have taken this group, but uh, it was PSG, and they went five and one, not losing a game. So they 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 they've done a good really a really good job this past summer and acquiring players that they needed. And um, another team that stands out to me has been Bayern Munich, but. Bayern is great, but I wouldn't. I would be careful with them because their group is very weak. They have Seveda, uh, Olympiacos, Paris, and they have Tottenham. And I would. It, this group did finish off the way it should, with Bayern finish first, 
and Tottenham finishing second. I feel that had they made that coaching change much earlier in the season, it may have changed the way Tottenham approached Champions League, and it would have maybe given more more wins in this group. But aside from that, they still came out second. And and, and my sleeper pick is Chelsea with the, with the ban, the transfer ban now being lifted. I feel that if they do some some good things in the January transfer window and acquire the needs that they need, like the back end, maybe another striker, and they have the money and the funds to do it. Chelsea does crazy things, and and they're that team that they, they, they buy those four players because they're able to do it uh, c- compared to other clubs. And I, I, I'm just curious to see, now, now that they're able to buy players since they didn't buy any in the summer because of the ban, how that will how that will trickle down. And one other team is Man City. Never count out Man City, even though they're showing even though showing they're 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 not in the best form recently in the EPL and they they've dipped a bit. You never count out Man City because they they Pep Guardiola just knows when to turn it up and uh, they've they've shown like last season you you never count them out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hear, I see you not mentioning Barcelona. I mean, we're talking about the goat, aren't we? No, no love for Barcelona. I love, I love Barcelona. I'm a, I'm a diehard Messi fan. I think, I personally think he's the best player in my time. But um, I just find that they, they in recent seasons, they just, they don't, they're too Messi dependent, and and it showed last year when they lost against Liverpool, and I. Still Still, I can still taste that the loss against Liverpool, and mm. they, they were up uh, three nothing on aggregate, and if I'm correct on that, and they lost four four nothing in the second leg. Mm-hmm. Was it? Yep, three or three yep. or four nothing. It was four nothing. Yeah, yeah, thanks to uh, the legend Origi and Trent Alexander Arnold's cheeky uh, throw in. Um, yeah, do you think Liverpool has broken Barcelona? That they're just a broken team after that match? I don't think they're broken. I didn't. I just think Valverde just got, has to go. He's just been there way too long. Oh, he's been there. He's been there for way. I I have no idea how that man still has a job. Yeah, they, they just they're they're so their style is so predictable. You just know how they're gonna play. And with with I'm surprised that their B team was able to be Inter on Tuesday. I didn't catch the game, but but to me it's just. It's just that's just an Inter side beating themselves more than Barcelona beating Inter. Mm. So, so for me, Barcelona just—they're just too messy dependent. And, and when I watched them last season, I didn't catch too much Barcelona this season. But in the results that they lost this year and, and last year, anytime Messi's not in in the lineup, with the amount of money they spend and and the performances they pour out, they they put they put out, it's so poor. You would think that a team that has the funds to buy so many good players, they, they, they bought, I, I forgot what they bought this summer, to be honest. Um, Antoine Griezmann was the big one, yeah. Griezmann, and they got the guy from Ajax. Um, oh, they, De Jong, yeah. De Jong, thank you. But when you buy players such as that, and you're still struggling to perform results, it, it's either you got the wrong manager that should be sacked already, or you're just not buying the right players and sometimes just spending spending the cash is not is not always the answer. So that uh, it's just a team that has recently failed in different ways, and I, I feel they just need to figure out how to play without Messi 
in a lineup because if he ever gets hurt this season, which he's he's been hurt multiple times this year, it, it can hinder their uh, their chances to win a Champions League. Yeah, I feel as though teams just do a little hack a messy and they just hack at his legs all the time. That's the only way you're going to stop him. And that just leads to injuries and teams should be punished for it. But at some point, like when you're just making your game plan messy, I mean, what do what are teams expected to do? You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Uh, um, so, Jerry, I love having you on the show and I'm going to now do fan questions. Uh, are you, you want to do some? Uh, are you ready for those? Uh, sure. I'll, I'll try to answer them as best as I can. All right. Um, the first question comes from our Instagram. Follow us at Lads Podcast. It is from Sam June, period 217. He says, do you think James Madison will end up as a Manchester United player? Why or why not? Um, I'm going to say he will, but it won't be till the summer. I feel like he, Lester are on this historic year for the club, and I feel as though he's going to ride it out with the team. But I do see him going for a hefty penny in the summer. What do you say? Is, is, is he on free transfer in the summer? I don't know his contract. Sorry, is is his contract coming to an end, or or is he? Uh contracts don't matter in soccer. You can just buy players as you want. I, who knows? I think he'll probably get. I, well, I, with all he, this talk about him, I feel as though it must be something where he must be up in the summer. Well, if his if even if in that case, I I feel that I feel that Chelsea can buy him. They they they, they need they need a player such as himself. So I, I could see a Chelsea coming in, or maybe a Liverpool. Liverpool maybe buy him. Someone someone who, who can afford him will uh will buy him. But uh um it it'll be interesting. Yeah, maybe Man United. Maybe Man United, like you said. They they do but, need they do need a midfielder. So. Yeah, everyone is linked with Manchester United, but I do know like especially with Martin, our co host on the show, he is he is literally salivating at the mouth at the thought of James Madison coming to his club and all his buddies, all the Man United fans are pretty much saying like it's a done deal already. I don't see it happening in January. I see it more of a summer transfer. And even then, Lester, you know, some players end up just staying for a couple more years. And I mean, the kid's really young. He's really talented. And let's see how Lester season ends. Um, Next question comes from oh, my phone locked. All right, we're good. Uh, Tiki Takastar, he says, will Serie A fans ever not be racist? Ooh, but really, will the clubs ever actually do anything to stop it? So we didn't actually, we spent a lot of time, Jerry, talking about the racism problem in Serie A, and it's obviously in other leagues, but it feels as though the media um, and the most coverage or the most uh, attention seems to be coming from Serie A. What is your take, um, such as like Cag, Cag, I can't pronounce it, Cagliari? Um <laughs> seems to be uh, a big culprit um, in some of the other ones with their monkey chants um, and other horrible racist, um, I don't know, propaganda, horrible instances. Uh, what, what's your take on all that? So it's funny how you ask this question. My my wife just met this guy from Italy and she's just started working with him and, and she comes home one day and she's like, she's like, I met this Italian guy and, and he brought up this racism thing that's really bad in Italy. And she goes, and he quoted that Verona is probably one of the most racist places, like uh, cities of all Italy. But he goes, the problem with Italy is they, they still live in a time where they're they're still back in like 50s. And they, they don't know how to adjust to, to modern era and how to change. And so this is this is a country that just, just doesn't adapt to things differently. And, and like... Being, me being a Lazio fan, like the ultras believe in being they're, they're fascists, and, and it's sad because these are 
they're 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 promoting things that that we were trying to stop and so it, it's something that that the league has done such a poor job with and, and for for the fans and the people to to accept this in italy it, it's very sad and and until the league actually steps up and does something or even uefa or whoever it is someone's got to step in and and two teams that have done a good job this season has been ac milan and as roma and they, they deserve credit because their 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 platforms for their media has been really good and they and they they've done especially roma they've done a really good job of of voicing themselves out and basically going against racism but they need to take a chapter out of the epl the epl does a good job so the man city versus man united game there was a fan who did monkey chance and now he's banned from going to any games I don't know how long, but it's a it's a a very long ban, and in in Serie A you don't really see that often. Where I believe Roma did ban a, a fan this year for for similar conduct, and so which is nice to see one team stepping up. But you need you need all all 30 teams to do it, or 20 teams or whatever it is, 20 teams to to actually step up and and basically um, start doing these things because. If you if you allow the, the the fans to get away with it, like with, with instance with Verona, they, they get a slap on the wrist for their for their conduct, and and Barasha steps doesn't even they they just acknowledge it when clubs are even acknowledging that it's fine, it, it means that no you're just gonna keep on getting away with it, and until teams follow suit just as Roma and Milan are doing with their platforms. And then you see all 20 teams doing it, then you'll start to see a major effect because the actual league itself is not going to do anything, and it's very sad. Mm. Yeah, I definitely think harsher punishments, punishments, acknowledgement of the actual crimes that are being committed, because people think like, oh, well, it's not like they're actually hurting anyone, which is also like, what are you saying to me? Um, these are actually these are hate crimes. These are harsh horrible words and i feel as though they should be punished not only by the club um but to the full extent of whatever that may be so the next question we have is from c beer seven he says is scott mctominay the next coming of christ all right man you i know we got a lot of man you fans of the show i love scott mctominay um scott mcsauce uh but let's not, you know, the guy is still a kid. I think he's very, very good. But let's not put him on this like pedestal of, you know, Jesus Christ. But uh, I, I, I'm very excited to watch his uh, progress in the league, especially at Manchester United. He's been doing a great job. Yeah, I haven't watched a lot of his game this season in the EPL, but I've heard good things about him. And uh, if he can continue, he's still only 23 years old, so he still has a lot of time to develop. But He's taking, uh, you know what? He's taking his opportunity with a team that uh, didn't do much this summer to acquire players, and uh, they, they they did address their back end. But uh, he's coming. He came for their youth system, right? If yes. I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So good, good that uh, someone's coming up in the youth system and, and someone's making their season much better than what it has started this season. Man, United season hasn't been the greatest this year. But uh, that's something that they, they can be very happy about and uh, can look forward to for the future for them, right? 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, the next question I have is from our Discord channel. It's our chat room where people who are fans of the show, fans of soccer, fans of drinking, just fans of stuff. You can come hang out and uh, chat with other people who are soccer fanatics like us. Um, the first question comes from Brian Angelino. He says, this is for you mostly, Jerry. What does... He- uh, what do you think Chelsea should do in the January window? On the whole, we've looked impressive relative to the preseason expectations, and I wonder what the introduction of new players or players would do to the squad. So what do you think they should do in January? I, good question. I, I think they should get a center back. After watching the Everton game, they really do need a center back. Um, Christensen just, he doesn't, he doesn't impress me. Zuma, I, I, Zuma's had really good games, and he's had some very bad games. Emerson's been great. Reese James has been great on, on, on the left and the right side. Espelicueta has been used on the right and the uh, left side. So I, I do feel that they do need a center back. It's 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 starting to show. That's their big weakness. And I would I would suggest maybe getting another um, another wing back as well to to help out with uh, William. On uh, maybe the left, the, the the right side, if I'm not mistaken. But um, yeah, but I think center center back is is the most glaring need in my in my opinion. Maybe another striker as well. If they're gonna send out, uh, if they're gonna send out Giroud, I would I would maybe suggest not like an over, not over like expensive striker, but someone who can come in. I, I'm happy with 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 what we have. With Batuai, I would like to see Batuai play a little bit more, but but you can't just depend on Tammy Abraham. And to have just two strikers is very thin, especially that we have advanced to the next round of uh, of Champions League. So that that would be another uh, another area I would look at. But I would not get a, a midfielder. No midfielder. I I think we're good on midfield. You got. Jorginho, you got Kovacic, you have uh, Conte, Conte. You have a lot of good players in the midfield that I'm hoping that they don't go and buy another player that they don't need. So that that's and that's sometimes Chelsea's style is they, they 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 buy these players that you think that they need but they don't really need. So uh, that's my my biggest glare is is a center back first and maybe another striker. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think just sure up that defense. I think Frank has the young, uh, the young lads playing really well. It's I think they're um, already above any expectations that were set in the preseason, as uh, Brian had alluded to. So I love this fun, exciting underdog type of Chelsea team. And our last question comes from Drunk Uncle. He says, "Would you rather have Granite Xhaka, David Luiz, and Mustafi all be permanent starting eleven Arsenal players for the next decade?" Or wake up every morning by getting punched in the face. I would wake up getting punched in the face every morning. No, no question about it, Jerry. I, as an Ars, I'm an Arsenal fan of the show. I would, I would get decked in the face by Mike Tyson every morning instead of living with them in my mid, in in my squad for the next ten years. I anything that has David Luiz, good luck. I yeah. Would never yeah, we David take him Luiz out of the squad. Oh yeah, we He's, take him out of the squad. We win, we win a game. It's that easy. He's cancer and a liability. <laughs> he, he he's cost you guys. He, didn't he score in his own net a couple of times this year? 
<laughs> yeah, he, he David Louise giveth and he taketh. He is literally um, the bane of my existence. He's my mental health. It's a roller coaster with that guy. Um, but Jerry, thank you so much for spending time with me uh, going over Serie A. I know a lot of the fans of the show will really appreciate that since we mostly cover Premier League. Um, if you'd like, uh, go ahead and plug in all the things you're doing in terms of writing and appearing and also your podcast that will be coming out soon. Thank you. I much appreciate that. And thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. Oh, yeah, of course. Um, what um, what are the I just want to go over the shows again. Sorry, I, I'm, I, I'm sometimes when I talk, it's like a word salad. Um, what oh, are sorry. If you, you want to go over all the places you're writing for again and uh, what, what's the show you're going to be starting? Oh, sorry about that. Um, I'm going to be starting a show called play by play podcast. Sorry. My wife was messaging me. So I kind of, cause I got to pick her up at the bus station in like 10 minutes. So my apologies God. about that. Eh? No, Jerry, you're, I love having a Canadian on the show. You're so polite. You guys really match the brand. You guys are the sweetest people, but yeah, go, go right ahead. I know you're rushing to go pick up your wife. So no, please, no worries. Uh, um, just go right ahead. I got, uh, with Sabrina Balmonte, we're going to be doing the play by play podcast. So that's uh, be coming out probably next week, our first episode. And it's just about Serie A and just Calcio in general. And um, I'll be uh, doing some articles for Laziale and World Football Index and Get Italian Football News. And I do some match reports for uh, Babel on the side as well. So those are some things I have working on right now and who I'm with, basically. All right. Well, Jerry, this has been an absolute pleasure. I really appreciate you coming on the show. And uh, for all our Serie A news, I'll definitely be turning to you and Rui for my main sources. So thank you once again. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, and I apologize about that again. Oh, no. You're too- God, you, <laughs> you Canadians are too nice. All right. Later, man. <laughs> Take care, buddy. Sometimes you feel like I'm just talking to myself. Far away.